0: I tell you, we should be ready for church after that song, shouldn't we? Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. All right, I like that. I like that. Uh, it's good to be with all of you. I want to thank you for uh, having me share today. Uh, Mark, Connie, the leaders here, appreciate the opportunity. And and prayerfully, uh, today we can share some things that will encourage you in your walk with God. I wanted to um, share today some things that have been on my heart uh, starting last year, and especially as, as I go into 2015, uh, some things that uh, I'm focusing on—at least one topic in particular—that's helping me be a better disciple. All right, and and really, uh, the scripture that I want us to look at is over in First Timothy chapter two, verse one. First Timothy two, starting in verse one. I don't know about you, but you know there are times in the Christian life. When I need motivation, you know, I know what I ought to do, but I don't always do it. Now, I know you're better Christians than I am, but I have to work on my sinful nature and deny myself uh, and, and, and really tell myself that intentions are not the same as obedience. Because a lot of times we judge ourselves by what we intend to do yeah. instead of by what we are doing. And so, I've been trying to, to disciple myself and challenge myself that you've got to do more than intend to do something. But brother, it's time that you started doing what you know you ought to do. And here in 1st Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, let, let, let's read this together. And this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I urge them first of all that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. For kings and all those in authority... That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men and women to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in his proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I'm not lying, and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. You know, I was studying my Bible, I saw this scripture, and it just, I think the Spirit just impressed upon my heart, what, number one, what God wants. I want to encourage us this morning to, to, to think about and to remember as we seek to get to heaven, as we seek to be the people that God could us to be, what God wants. God wants all men to be saved. Yes. All men. There is no one that you know or have met or will meet that God does not want saved. If we had an interview with God today, And we would ask the Lord God, God, what is your greatest desire and hope for mankind? God, what do you want to see happen on this good earth? He would say, I want all men. To be saved. I want all of my children to spend eternity with me. I want every person that you know, every person that you don't know, because there are only two categories of people the people that you do know and the people that you don't know. And you run out of sharing with the people that you do know the first week you're a Christian. So the rest of your life, you got to work on getting to know people that you don't know. God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants every person that you know and don't know to be given an opportunity to go to heaven. And, and really, it doesn't matter how you feel about them. He doesn't say you got to like them. He says, I want them to go to heaven. Wants them to go to heaven. God wants all who live in Dallas to be saved. All 1.2 million plus people, that's the legal ones, um, to to go to heaven. He wants all of them. And the illegals as well. He wants all 27 million plus people who live in the state of Texas to be saved. He wants all 7 billion plus throughout the world to be saved. Saved. He wants everyone you see and meet in the malls, at the ball games, you know, on the playground, on the basketball court, on the job, in your neighborhood. He wants every one of them to be
1: saved.
0: Every last one of them. Have you thought about that recently? Has it been on your heart? That's what God wants. You know, we weren't saved just to come and sit in in nice pews and talk about what we should be doing. To sing good songs about Jesus is the power and not go out and show the world that Jesus indeed is the power. We're not saved just just to to, to sit in a nice auditorium and and just fill ourselves up with praise with God. There's a time for that, but God wants us to save people. And to help them to come to a knowledge of the truth. In Matthew 18 verse 12, and a lot of us know Matthew 18 as, as a scripture where Jesus is trying to help his disciples uh, with with understanding what it means to really be great in the kingdom, to have the heart and attitude of a child. But, you know, later on in that, in that discourse, in verse 12, Jesus says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away. Will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and and go and look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about the one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your heavenly Father is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. That's the heart of God. You say, with Sam, he's talking about children." Well, you were a child one time. You know, 30, 40 years ago? And he didn't want you to be lost then, he do not want you to be lost now. That's the heart of Jesus. I don't want one to be lost. You know, I think sometimes when I see all the turmoil that's going on in the world, you ever think about this, why hasn't the Lord come back yet? And when you hear about a deranged pilot who flies a Uh, innocent people into the Alps, into the mountains, you know, I was uh, listening to the news about some woman in Colorado who was trying to get clothes for her baby, and uh, she went on Craigslist, and when she got there, uh, she was, a woman uh, just took her and, and, and cut her open, she was seven months pregnant, and tried to steal her child. I mean, when I rehear stuff about that, and you see what's going on throughout the world with ISIS and all the crazy stuff, don't do you? I mean, I just think sometimes, Lord, when are you going to come back? When seven of I were raising our children and they were taking us through all kinds of stuff, I was like, Lord, when are you going to come back? Because there, there were a few moments when we said, God, you know, it's time. It's time, it's, but will you come back quickly, Lord? You, you ever feel that, like, you know, Lord, well, in Second in, in, in Peter chapter three, in Second Peter chapter, I thought maybe I was the only one, but I, you know, I feel these things sometimes. In Second Peter chapter three, he says, in, in verse eight, says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends: with the Lord, the day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness; He is patient with you." Not wanting anyone to perish, but to come to repentance, that's the heart of God. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but every soul to be saved. If you're here this morning, it's because God wants you to be saved. Now if you're struggling as a disciple, God wants you to repent because He wants you to be saved. If someone nags you to death to get you here this morning, forgive them because God wants you to be saved. No one rejoices more than God when a soul is saved. When a person goes from light to darkness, the Bible says that the angels in heaven, they rejoice when every soul is saved. And yet I think no heart grieves more than the heart of God. And one person leaves this world without the hope of salvation and 2.5 million Americans died in 2014 how many of them were given an opportunity to be saved Paul says I want you to pray for kings for those in authority I want you to offer up intercessions for them he said I want you to pray for peace Throughout the world. to pray for your rulers. Whether you voted for them or not. You need to pray for them. <laughs> I tell you what. I think Washington needs some prayer. I think our government needs some prayer. They need to make some changes. But, but let's pray for them. And just pray for rulers throughout the world. Leaders throughout the world. Why? So for favorable circumstances. For the gospel to be preached. Now I think about in New York. You know there was a time when. Uh, They were trying to decide whether we could use the schools for church or not. And all we could do was pray, God, please, we need those schools because we need a place to meet. Schools are a great great place to meet, aren't they? We're paying tax dollars, so we might as well use them. And they're closed on Sunday, perfect for us. Why were the schools built? They were built for us. Did you not know that? Especially with the way that we do kids' kingdom. And so nine of our 11 regions use schools, just like you do. And, and it's cost effective. And, 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 and it's, a, it's a good investment. And yet we need to continue to pray that God will open even more doors. And, and, and really touch the hearts of leaders throughout the world so we can get in places and preach the gospel so that men and women can be saved. God wants all men to be saved. Meditate on that. Think about that. Ask God to, to put on your heart what's on His heart. You know, a real indication of how how much you really believe this is your giving. you got to be willing to put your money where your mouth is. you got to be, I mean your giving is a reflection of how much you really believe that men and women are lost and need to be saved. Well I know in New York what we challenge, I understand you've got your your missions coming up, in New York we challenge every member to give at least a dollar a day for missions so that means three hundred and sixty-five dollars at least give three hundred and sixty-five dollars now we've got many people that can do much more than that and we encourage them to do that but at least show your heart for god and for a lost world to give at least a dollar a day so that we can take this gospel throughout the whole world so that what's been done for you can be done for others And, and we just put that goal out there and praise god in the last three years We've met that goal. We've given over a million dollars each year for our special contribution, the last three years, because people have a heart, have a heart for the lost. Where's your heart this morning? Do you have the heart of God? God wants all men to be saved. Secondly, I want us to remember what God has done. Not only just what God wants, but what God has done. You know, God wants people to be saved so much that He did the unbelievable. It says here in, in 1 Timothy 2, For there is one God, in verse 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in his proper time. God wanted us to be saved so much that we sinned, And there was a price that none of us could pay. And and Jesus came and paid the ransom for us. Don't you ever forget that. Don't you ever forget that. Well, what is a ransom? A ransom is a sum of money or payment demanded or paid for the release of a prisoner. We were imprisoned to sin. We were condemned to hell. And the price to get us out of the darkness was more than we could pay. It cost you your soul, all right? And Jesus came and said, well, I'm willing to pay that ransom for you. See, a lot of times people don't understand this church thing. Why do these people come to church and, and they sing these songs and they pass this little communion thing with a little bit of juice and a, a little cracker that, that they're not even a whole cracker for everybody? What, what's going on? <laughs>
1: it's because
0: we're remembering the one who paid the ransom for us. You know, the largest ransom known to be paid, at least when you when you add up the numbers for was for two brothers, Jorge and Juan Born, back in 1974. And and these guys they were uh, they were Argentine grain traders, tr- grain traders, and some far left group kidnapped them and demanded a ransom. And back in 1974, it was 60 million dollars that was paid to release these guys. Which today would be equivalent to 293 million dollars. Now let me ask you something. If you were taken captive by terrorists and, and, and we had to come up with a ransom, what would be collected for you? What, what could you and your family members the contribution for the poor just ain't going to do it. What, what, what could you and your family members come up to, to get you free? I think for some of us, people would say, it was nice knowing you. May God be with you. We, you know, I, I got a I got hundred dollars, and I'll give you ten of it, but that's, that's, that's about it. What's your soul worth? What are you worth? Well, God says, I think you're worth it. I'm willing to pay the price. In Matthew 10, verse 29, Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet? Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. Isn't that amazing that God knows what's going on with all the birds of the air and that when one dies, He knows it? He knows the number of hairs on your head, which He says in verse 30, and even the very hairs of your head are all counted, all numbered. I mean, that's an ever-decreasing number for me, but that's okay, the Lord knows. He really, He knows if it's your hair or it's someone else's hair. He knows. It's, you, you don't even know how many hair, girls, just keep on doing what you're doing. If it's working for you, just keep on doing it, all right? Just don't tell nobody that, that... Where you got it from, but it's fine with me. All right? I'm all for that. I believe in Mary Kay and Oliver Lane. I, I think all that's good. Praise God for it. So he goes on. We, we're getting off topic here. He says, So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many spells. God saying you are worth the ransom. I value your soul. I love you so much. I want to spend eternity with you. And I'm willing to pay the price, whatever the cost, for you to have the hope of heaven. I'm thinking about you. I'm longing to be with you. I created you in my image. And no matter how anybody else feels about you, or how you may even feel about yourself, I think you're worth it. God thinks you're worth it this morning. And Jesus paid that ransom price. I think the question that we have to ask ourselves, He thinks we're worth it. Have we proven to Him that it is and it has been worth it? Have we proven to Him that it's been worth it? You know, we all struggle. I know I struggle sometimes with motivation. You ever struggle with motivation as a Christian? You know, there are a few people in, in New York who I don't understand. They're always happy. I don't understand these people because that's not who I am. I have some bad days, but you know, you go to church and you see this person they're always smiling, and you almost resent them a little bit because you're like, you know, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy to be saved. It's just like, you know, people who are excited about every church service. I have to confess, I'm a minister in the church, and there's sometimes I don't want to go. And sometimes I'm tired. I'm thinking maybe I should stay home and watch Joel Osteen a little bit and put my hand on the TV and, you know, just get a little inspiration. But that won't do it, right? You know, I don't want to even go to all the meetings. And I'm the one who's setting up the meetings sometimes I don't want to go to my own meetings we got meetings going on this week I'm telling you the truth I don't want to go to all of them I wish I had a twin that identical twin who could go for me you don't have to say anything just go in there and act like you know what you're doing i am not I don't always want to do I don't always want to share my faith do you I don't always want to go to Bible talk I mean y'all got nice weather here we, we, it's cold in New York. You know the, you know how it is? The meeting comes up, and you're <laughs> feeling, feeling kind of ill right now. I don't always want to answer the phone when people call me. That's why I got call ID. Nope, not answering that. They need to go call on Jesus. Don't call me. I know it's not right, and you're laughing because you feel the same way. You are just are guilty back to the word of God, I have to remember Jesus paid a ransom for me, am I right? Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14, it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And He died for all, but those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him. You died for them and was raised again. That's the motivation. And we prove our love for God not when we do what we feel like doing. We prove our love for God when we do what we don't feel like doing. When we do the things that are hard for us to do. That's when we prove our love for God. That's when we say, thank you, Lord, for the ransom that you paid for me. And your love for me gives me no choice. It compels me. It motivates me. It moves me to get up out of my bed, to get up out of my comfort zone, and to go do what you called me to do. That's the way we need to be. That's the heart that God wants us to have and to remember what he's done for us. You know, we sometimes struggle with saying no to sin. Do we not? We know the good we ought to do. We don't always want to do it. And thank God for His grace and His forgiveness that at any point we can start over. He's not only given us a second chance, but for a lot of us, He's given us a third, fourth, and fifth chance. Praise God. Over in 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 6, and uh, in verse 18, is that what they have up there? It is. The Bible says free from sexual immorality, and you know, that's, that, that's at the top of the list of most of the list of sins, because it's a problem that we have with, with, with the human body, with, with, with our, our attraction to things that sometimes it's hard for us to say no to. But, but by the power of God, we can say no, and we've got to get our motivation right. It says, all of other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that, the, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Right. Now, sometimes we think, well, no one's tempted the way I am. That's not true. The Bible says no temptation. It, every, every temptation that you go through is, is common to man. Yeah. So that other people are going through what you go through. Yeah. But the motivation has to be that I was bought for a price. I'm not my own any longer. I belong to Jesus. Yeah. You know, I've I've been tempted a few times, or at least Satan has come after me. I remember one time I was at the Grand Central Station trying to buy a ticket for a train to get back home. And the woman uh, behind the counter, I said, well, how much is a ticket? And she looked at me and she said, for you, it's free. I said, really? She says, Yeah, I just I just need your phone number. So there was a moment there when I thought <laughs> I know I'm getting a little older, but hey somebody think I'm hot. No charge. All right, man, I turned away from there and got out of there as fast as I could. Because that girl wasn't trying to give me a ticket to a train. She was trying to give me a ticket to hell. And I got to remember, I was bought at a price, right? And I didn't want Cynthia to have to kill me. So I just said, I got to walk on up out of here. And I know some of us, we're dreaming of a moment like that. But you got to understand that when that temptation comes, that's the devil in disguise. I don't care how good he looked, there ain't no man worth going to hell for. You were bought at a price. You belong to Jesus. You better stay close to Jesus. I don't care how good that girl looked, I don't care, you know, how long her hair is, whether it's hers or somebody else's, I don't care, there ain't no woman worth going to hell for, you were born at a price, you honor God with your body, you say no, any man can give in to temptation, any man can fool around, the man with conviction and courage is the man who says no because he loves Jesus, I'm doing it for God, I'm doing it for God. Other people may think you're strange, they may think you're weird, but on the day of judgment, they're going to think you're so cool because they're going to be so hot. So you've got to hang in there. Hang in there. Keep saying no. We're born in a place. I belong to God. I need to glorify God in everything I do. Praise God that he thinks I'm worth it. Praise God that he thinks that I'm worth the price of sending his son to die for me. And I want to show my God that I'm going to live up and be worthy of that calling. I want to make him proud of me. And what I do in private is where I show God where my real heart is for him. That's what we need to be doing for our God. We need to remember. We need to remember what God has done and He would have done it for you if no one else needed it but you. He's given us a Savior. He's given us hope. He's given us freedom from sin. He's given us a new life. He's given us purpose and meaning. Can you imagine that ransom being paid and no, and you never respond to it? There are a lot of people who don't know that a ransom has been paid. But it comes to my last point. We need to remember... I think, and really, what helped me in the scripture is to remember what we've been called to do. In First Timothy two verse seven, Paul says, "And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and apostle. I'm not. I am. I am telling the truth. I'm not lying, and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles." Paul says, "Jesus saved me, so that I could go and save others." That's what Jesus did. He says, for this purpose that Jesus gave His life, and now because God wants all men and all women to be saved, He sent me as a herald, as an apostle, as one to spread this good news of the power of the Gospel. And God in the same way has saved us so that we too could be heralds ambassadors of Christ. And go out and share the good news. Matthew 28, verse 18, the scripture we all know so well. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything And as I've commanded you, And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He is with us. And He sent. I need you to go and touch a life and touch an individual because God's looking for that person, wanting them to be saved. Matthew 9 verse 35 Matthew 9, verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God is saying there are a lot of people who are looking for what you were looking for. Harassed and helpless. They don't know how to to live life. They don't know how to have uh, healthy marriages. They don't know how to raise their children. They don't know how to uh, find peace and contentment outside of, of indulging in worldly passions. They don't know. There are people who went to bed last night with tears in their eyes, heartbroken from that Saturday night party, and they, they're like, "Where's an answer?" There are people going to other religious places, and and no one's involved in their life. It's a show. It's just It's it, some people just putting on a show, but no one's in their life. They're harassed and helpless. You know, we challenged New York. Bible talk leaders. We had a Bible talk leading meeting in the beginning of the year. And we have almost 300 small groups. A little less. And we just asked everyone, in 2015, every group, can you make it your goal to bring one person to Jesus? One person. I know for some of us old school, we're like, hey man, give me a real challenge. Well, meet that one first. And we get something for you next year. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we challenge everybody, as a group, as a team, can we let God lead us to one soul? One soul. And then help that soul to remain faithful. See, the Bible says the, the workers are few. Too few disciples studied the Bible with someone in 2014. Too many disciples went on a sabbatical of 2014 and studied the Bible with no one. Was that you? Too few disciples helped someone come to Christ in 2014. That's our our calling. And yet for so many disciples, it's been so long since they put someone in the waters of baptism. Too few disciples practiced hospitality in 2014 when they had another Couple or a person who a friend in their house to sit down to have a meal together to show them the love of God to show them how much God had blessed them. Too few, yeah. We're, we're stuck in our, our own little houses and 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 we don't let anybody else in. Wow, right. Why did God bless you in that house? It's not your house anyway, it's his house. Let him in it, will you? So i got to exercise for you as we come to a close. Matthew 10, Matthew 10, Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 14, whatever town or village you enter, Matthew 10, verse 11 rather, whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person. And stay there at their house until you leave. That's a real open person real open person, you go knock on that door, they don't know you, but they'll let you stay there. That's, that's amazing. You ain't going to find that in New York hardly, but I tell you, but you know, the Spirit is looking for good and noble hearts. Yeah, yeah. As you enter the home, give it your greeting, if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. Jesus says don't get all stirred up and angry, don't curse nobody. Just just. Get your peace back to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet. When you leave that home or town, I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that town. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Jesus says, look, when you put forth the effort and people reject you, shake the dust off. Just shake it off.
1: Yeah.
0: You no, know, when and some of us we've tried, man, we've invited people and, and we we didn't even hear the message because the whole time we were looking out the back. When they come, when they come, when they come. And they never come. Others of us we, 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 we helped people become Christians and they didn't last long. Others of us people got right there. And and I remember one time in New York we we a guy was going to get baptized and everybody showed up for the baptism but him. It was not a good day. He, he eventually did make it, but you know, sometimes you, you try, right? You try, and, and you fall short, and it doesn't work out. You know what you got to do? You got to shake the dust off. For some of us, it's been too long. We got to dust off those studies, man. The word study, whatever, dust it off. And, and, and we got to not only shake off the dust, we need to shake off the rust. So we're going to do it today. Stand up. Stand up stand up. My challenge to you is we need to go out and do what God wants. You know, we, we need to be thinking about the people who God wants to be saved. You know, some brothers and I, you know, last year we challenged one another. Every day this week meet a new person. Every day. Well, one of those days I had I had to have a dental surgery. And So I went into the dentist's office early that morning. I knew I wouldn't be able to talk. The only person I could meet was the dental hygienist who was there prepping me. And I invited her out. I mean, before, you know, the dentist did all this damage to me. And her her, her name was Athena. And seven months later, after I invited her, from this challenge from the brothers, she became a disciple, and her husband is now studying the Bible. And so I got the privilege of baptizing her in the Christ, you know, there at the end of the year. But it was just because I decided to shake the dust off and open my mouth. So, this is what I want you to do. Whatever you got to deal with, and start getting out there and, and having a heart for the lost and sharing your faith. I did it on the plane here. I, I hope to do it on the way back. I mean, not everybody's open, not everybody wants to talk to me, but my job is to give them an opportunity to be saved. So, shake the door. What do you got to do? Shake it off. Let's shake it off. Shake it off. Whatever you got to shake off. You ain't been sharing your face. Shake it off. Shake off the dust. Shake off the rust. All right. You, you got it all off, Mark. Next week, your church is gonna be full with visitors. All right. Okay, we're gonna to pray together. The Bible says, "Those who've been scattered, preach the word." You can go ahead and be seated. The Bible says, "Those who've been scattered in Acts 4. Preach the word wherever they went. You never know the power of an invitation. You know, the Garnet, the, the, what is called, the, the Granite State, is that what it's called up there? They invited me to come up this past December because a guy that I met at by a poolside who solicited me to buy beer for him. He became a disciple as a student at, at, at Florida State University. He was being appointed elder in the church 27 years after the invitation. You never know the power of an invitation. God wants all men, all women to be saved. Shake the dust off. Open your mouth. Most of all, open your heart. Let's pray together.
1: God, we...